podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Hello and welcome back to the UCL Fantasy Podcast. My name is Ed. I'm here once again with Lewis and Dan. And we're going to talk about all things UCL Fantasy as it comes around the corner again next week. Uh, we're going to review our teams. We're going to do the Q&A from Twitter. Loads to talk about once again on the UCL Fantasy Podcast. So, fellas, I'm back. I had a lovely holiday. Thank you for um, doing the podcast without me. Uh, it's it's actually a great week to be back, and we're going to find out, for mm. me anyway, we'll find out about that in a bit. But let, let's start by reviewing the game week. So, obviously, it was, what well, it feels like ages ago now, but what was it, 10 days ago, whatever it was, uh, two weeks ago, 10 days, whatever. How did you both do? First of all, Lewis, how did you do in game week match day four? Well, it wasn't too bad. Um, I think the it was match day three where I really had a, a good um, a good match day, and then obviously I played the wild card to kind of attack the two fixtures. You know, the two reverse fixtures that we had. Um, so yeah, I had I, I picked up ninety one in match day three, and that's that's important because I picked up eighty nine in match day four, which was kind of only two points. So there wasn't a massive difference between each weeks. Um, which makes sense, doesn't it? Because it's the same set of fixtures, the same players. Um, in terms of in terms of who did well, I think Haaland was a good uh, first day captain, um, and obviously stuck with him. The likes of Kane did well as well, so I think he he was another kind of popular captain that many backed. I think was it on the second day, uh, Maratta. He did. He did well. So all the front, the front three double digits uh, this week, which was nice. Disappointing in midfield. Foden picked up eight, and Xavi Simons picked up eight. But Bryce Mendes was an absolute joke last week. I was. I was an in. Uh, I didn't have him, and I was in Cyprus, and I was walking, and I and I saw a TV at one of these bars, and I saw it was. I think it was three nil. Sociedad or something, and it was yeah. 15 minutes in, and I thought, oh no, Mendes is going to go a hat trick. That was my big call this week. Should I get him? I thought, oh, I've, 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 I'm ruined. And then, I, then I found out that he not only hadn't done anything at that point, he got a penalty and missed. Right? Yeah. Well, he wasn't actually supposed to take that penalty. It was a Oyarzabal who who kind of gave him the pen. So he's lucky to get it in the first place, and he bloody missed. Um, but yeah. I, I knew that was a player that you didn't have, so I was kind of hoping, you know, he's he's got to do well here um, for me to kind of, you know, make some kind of edge between me and you. But yeah, he didn't. Uh, Sane again, he's he's been quite disappointing through the groups. I think Leroy Sane. I think there's a lot of hype around him uh, ahead of the tournament. Him and Kane, although Kane has done really well, Sane has been pretty quiet. Um, I think he blanked in. In, in both of his... Uh, he's had a good season, though, right? He's had a good season, hasn't he? Because in the league, he's done really well, hasn't he? Yeah, yeah, he has. It's just, it's just not kind of translated into the Champions League, which is annoying. Um, no real reason behind it. You know, he's looked he's looked sharp in the Champions League and his chemistry with Kane is really good. So just moving into the defence, again, it's not great. A lot of four-pointers. Uh, João Cancelo obviously conceded to Shaq Dardanas. They actually won the game 1-0, which is a bit of a surprise. Uh, David Raum, again, you know, wasn't great. Leipzig 
keep conceding goals. So you're kind of relying on them to get an attack in return. And that wasn't the case this week. Di Lorenzo obviously conceded to, I think it was Union Berlin. And that was a bit of a surprise to draw there. Uh, I suppose the biggest surprise came at the back in between Your the Your budget keeper. Um, yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's it. I, I was really happy about that until Sommer got seven points the next day. So, I mean, that was pretty pointless, wasn't it? But yeah, I mean, overall it was 89 points, but I think it was the ranked game that I was most happy with. It was um, because I started off so badly. Um, mm. I think I was like nine, 500k K a couple of weeks ago and I've gone from 90k to 28k. So, I mean, it's not it's not ideal. It's not an ideal rank, but it's a decent step in the right direction i suppose but yeah it was okay it was decent brilliant and dan how did you do okay i'll be your team here how did you do uh how i did is not really a a question that can be answered with good or bad okay. or anything else i okay. met the game week with uh five or six injuries apparently Turns out that a couple of those were lies, which stitched me. And I just thought, you know what? I'm not having loads of fun playing this game. And FPL's where misery is. That's misery. This is a fun game where fortune favours the brave. Mm -hmm. And my idea of bravery was a minus 16. Wow. <laughs> um, which I've never done in this game before. And... I still don't know what possessed me to do it. I just lost my head. But I had players like Osserman, um, who was injured. injured. I, had a of, like, like, I kept Bellingham, even though he was he was injured. But yeah, I had, I had injuries left, right and centre. But Galeno, oh, Galeno was injured, wasn't he? And Galeno uh, was injured. Uh, um, Odegaard yeah. was injured. You took out Openda yeah. as well. Um, yeah. Yeah. Uh, no, that that was a that was a limitless team. So it was from the it was the week. Ah, before. was it? Oh, it was the week before. Okay. Um, yeah. So yeah, Demarco was meant to not be starting. Jimenez was meant to be injured, and there lied some of my problems. Some of my transfers worked unbelievably well, and the others were so cruel. So Jimenez, for example, uh, didn't want to take him out, but all I heard was he was injured. Um, and he wasn't going to be playing, wasn't starting. I, I even saw some team leak beforehand said he wasn't starting. He not only started, he got 10 points. <laughs> uh, oh, DeMarco, DeMarco wasn't starting. DeMarco wasn't starting. And then, um, but did, to be fair, I think he might got taken off early. So that was a blessing in disguise, thankfully. Um, but Turam... Um, he was meant to not be starting. I think he got he did start, didn't he? Sorry, so he got um, he got three points, which I know that is nothing. But when you add in the minus four, that's seven points, te mm -hmm. like technically. So, yeah, some of it didn't go well. Some of it did. So in terms of uh, and there is one little sting in the tail as of yet. But I brought in Maratta, captained him for eleven points, doubled. So still not as good as the Highlanders, but it was, it was still pretty good. I had Kane anyway for 13. I had Luke de Jong for nine. So up top, they did the business. I brought in uh, Xavi Simmons for eight points, so that went well. But also brought in Mendes and Kawarashelia for a combined three points. Leroy Sané, three points. Brought in Di Lorenzo, three points. Kept round four points, not bad. One sort of small victory I brought in Munoz for Sociedad who got the assist he was 
if they hadn't conceded that goal, that's greatness because he would have been on 11 points, but I'll take his seven. Mm. Same as Lewis had Riznik for six, which stopped Summer. But because I I went, you know what? I tried Lewis's advice, Ed. I thought, you know what? I played oh, the same. You are, you are desperate. Played the same game all the time. I thought, you know what? I will play Lewis's style for once. I'll I'll take it on board. He's had much better rank finishes than me. I'm not sure I, Lewis's style is a minus sixteen, Dan. But go on. I will I will <laughs> not worry about Tuesday versus Wednesday fixtures. Anyway, Biscagli nine points sat on my bench head because I couldn't fit all my players. So f you, Lewis. There we go. So, so what's your rank now, Dan? You probably don't want to say. 367k it is. I, if think, you're I think I'm a lower rank than there is players, mate. Um, <laughs> Not quite. But uh, the minus 16 wouldn't have wouldn't have helped. Yeah, But yeah, no, I see some nice players. Luke three, Dion, I'm, I'm 367k. I got 78 oh. minus 16. Um, <laughs> if I'd just made my two transfers and brought in that defender and Jimenez... I would have absolutely smashed, absolutely smashed this week. We're talking 100 club. Okay. Well, there you go. Luke Dion's a nice little signing there. Nine, nine points. You've had him for a while, haven't you? And Harry Kane and Morata. Yeah, you've got some yeah. good players in there. Uh, just the minus 16 obviously didn't help. Um, so last week, obviously I wasn't hosting and I'd had a bad week the week before. Uh, so therefore I'd, I dropped down from first place to second. But because I'm now winning again, I thought I'd come back. And just, uh, you know, I only host when I'm winning. That's what the opposition yeah. fans would sing. Um, so let me just get my team up. How did I do? I would like to say as well, I listened in Cyprus, right, to the podcast you guys did. In fact, I edited it from Cyprus, didn't I? And um, Lewis had had a good week. And Lewis came on and he was like, guys, I'm just really surprised that you don't have the same team as me. I've done really well. I'm really surprised you haven't picked the same players I have. Like, Lewis, <laughs> first of all, Xavi Simmons got your points and you told me to get rid of him in my wild card. <laughs> and then the other player who did well for you, who was it? It was Xavi Simmons and Stengs. You told me to get rid of Simmons and Stengs. And then you, you sat there lording it over. I was in Cyprus with my gin and tonic defuming. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, uh, he's a special Lewis. Tells me that Tuesday Wednesday fixtures don't matter, and he tells you to bin off your two point scorer. He's a genius. He's a genius. Do you know, do you know what it is with me? I just want to. I just, what it is with me is that I make uh, last minute choices all the time. Mm. I do it every single week. I literally just look at my team and think, oh, actually, scrap the original plan. I'm going to do this. So I do that a lot, and I do, and, I, and it's very reactive. Well, this game, it is, it, it is conducive to that, isn't it? Because you get to see two two games worth of teams, so you yeah. can then change your whole thing. Because you're like, oh, there's a there's a really cheap player playing up front for this team, and it's starting. Let's get him in, and that changes everything. Yeah, I do see that. No, I'm only joking, kind of. Well, I, well, I'm actually not joking to be honest. But uh, there you go. <laughs> no, I got so I had a great match day four. I stuck to my guns and used my tactic of using my limitless. And I got 104 points, so very good. And I went from about 130k to 10k, so I'm 10k now. And I I had a lovely uh, front three in my limitless. I had Haaland, 14 points, Harry Kane, 13 points, and Antoine Griezmann for 14 points, doubled to 28. So that, I mean, I think that's the best front three I've ever had, as in all combining, you, you know, don't count Haaland's five goals last season when we captained him. You know, I don't want to talk about it because Dan obviously didn't do that. And then I had Saka, who got 14 points, who everyone was saying, don't play him, don't have him, don't get him. 14 points, that was great. Foden, eight points. Molina at the back, I ended up with uh, six points. Rudiger, seven points. And Oblak in goal, six points. Um, Saka was a great so, yeah. shot, wasn't he? 
Saka was a good show. Well, there was rumours he wasn't going to be fit, wasn't there? But I took the, yeah. I think, I think, I, I last minute decision. I just looked at the latest stuff, and it sounded like he was going to play. And I thought if he plays, he's on pens. You know, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so there you go. So yeah, so I, I had a good week, and I'm very, very happy, and that's why I'm back hosting. If I'd had a bad week, I would just say I'm still on holiday, probably. So uh, there you go. But very good. In our league, it is now obviously uh, just to just to reiterate. So once again, uh, me top. Um, by 10 points um, me on 303 points total Lewis on 293 and Dan on 248 it's still all to play for uh, kind of uh, no it is don't look at me like that Dan you can, to, yeah. with, with that attitude have you not been here for bands the whole time hey. Seems like, yeah. minus 16 <laughs> anyway so that, that, there are weeks uh, Let's. what we're going to do this week is we're going to do the Q&A now is that right is that what we're going to do guys that is what we're going to so. do Ed Let's do it. Right. So I'm just going to get the Q at Q's and the A's up. Um, okay. I found the questions. Right. So these are going to YouTube. Uh, I will read them. And by the way, sorry for my audio quality today. I haven't got my mic with me. Uh, I've left it somewhere else really annoyingly, but I'm getting it back tomorrow. But anyway, first question is from Bongakule Makelene. Sorry if I pronounced that wrong. I probably have, but thanks for your question. He says, with only two match days left in the group stage, is match day five the best time to use the limitless chip? So if you haven't used the limitless chip, is match day five the best time? Uh, Dan? Possibly. It's, uh, I've got no idea what your team looks like. If you have lots of injuries, then 100%. If you've got players that aren't going to be playing 100%, uh, then yes, use it as a free hit opposed to trying to get all of the best players in. That being said, um, I do think a chip in round of 16 match, uh, like the second leg, is a good time to use either a wildcard chip or a limitless wildcard uh, because it means that you can just punt on whatever games you want and not really worry about it. Probably maybe wildcard quarterfinals, uh, the first leg, because you get to see the run-up to the final then and then you can really hammer one side of the draw. But for a limitless, it, it means that you can obviously target home fixtures as opposed to away fixtures for that second leg. And also what you often see is um, is some teams that do really badly in the first leg, people will come away from them that do really, really well in the second. So I'd say, I'd, I'd say it's either going to be now, six, or round of 16, leg two. There are three opportunities to play a limitless. And I think it's going to be team dependent for you. There we go. Lewis, have you got anything to add to that? Uh, yeah, I mainly agree with Dan about um, the round of 16. Although, you know, again, reiterating what Dan basically said is, is the home matches. There's some good home fixtures this week, uh, like Lazio at home against Celtic. You've got PSG against Newcastle. Sorry, lads. Uh, Man City at home as well. Um, you've also got Arsenal at home. We know how much better Arsenal are at home, don't we? And, and Bayern Munich. And obviously, we, we're going to get probably more rotation in match day six with the big premium players potentially. Um, so yeah, I, I would I would probably prefer match day five to six, and then and then if not, then yeah, round of sixteen. And I suppose as well, match day six is just as you said, so uncertain that you end up Mental. with match day five. Yeah. You can still you can still target teams you know need results, so we'll play their first team, you'd hope. Thank yeah. you, Bonga Kule, for your question. Next question from Simon Ashby. We know Simon. First time playing this year. 
with potential rotation of match day five and expected rotation of match day six, is it usual to take a lot of hits or do you ride it out as everyone's in the same boat? Uh, hmm. Well, Dan took a minus 16. Let's go to Lewis. Lewis, what do you think? I think you just ride it out. The, the issue with rotation is it's gas work. You know, you, you can't say for sure if big players are going to actually be rested in these games. You know, it wouldn't surprise me at all if all the best players still played. It just wouldn't surprise me. Um, if you look at the teams that have gone through, Bayern, Real Madrid, Real Sociedad, Inter, Man City and Leipzig, there's a lot of these players who who I think are still going to be playing. I, I can't see Harry Kane being rested. You know, he's the Champions League. I can't see Sane being rested. Um Real Madrid have obviously got Vinicius Jr. and Jude Bellingham still injured, so they haven't got much depth to actually rotate players in any way. Sociedad and Inter, they're pretty much fighting for top spot, or at least you'd assume. But you know what Inzaghi's like. He's, he's rotated his, his way through this whole entire campaign anyway, hasn't he? And then again with Man City, it's hard... You know, is is Holland ever going to be rested? You know, it's a, it's just one. Of, is it worth the risk not having Holland in your team? What I'm what I'm trying to say is is that you just roll with with the team that you've got. Keep the best picks, and I suppose a lot of the a lot of the players that are definitely nailed, who who you know for a fact are going to play and need results, are probably worse assets anyway. So, mm. I, I I just feel like you keep the best assets in your team unless you hear solid news. You know, unless we hear leaks, right? He is not playing. Then, then yeah, I, I think you you swap him out. But if if it's just rumours, then I mean you can get really stung by selling a big player and then and then starting and, and absolutely smashing it. And this was something that happened to me last year with Sane. I think I sold him, and he 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 still featured and scored anyway against a bad team. So you know these these players are good for a reason. And I think you know regardless, I think you just keep some again unless you hear news. And um, were you going to say something? Um, I remember last season, a uh, guy in our um, in our chats on on X, uh, Ennis. I think he took a minus twelve, and it was absolute gold dust, gold dust. Every single it can't one. Work. I mean, it's not lucky. Yeah. All of those players banned, but the players that he brought in were players that we'd been talking about on our podcast and all that. It wasn't like he went for a bunch of random players. He went for players that were discussed, players that he felt were going to play, players that were fighting for something, players that were playing, that were either second or third in the group, and you knew were going all out to win that game, that 80 million euros is riding on getting through to the round of 16. So if you can, if it, so obviously we don't know yet, yet in terms of match day five, when match day six comes around, if you see a game where there is a second place playing bottom, but they need a win or a draw to get through, you want to be backing those players, uh, so I think I think hits can be worth it. Then I don't regret taking a hit last week. I regret taking so many. I think a minus eight last week or a minus four would have been a really good idea. Still, it's just uh, with the, I thought I had like five, five, six, seven players out, and I was like, I'm actually not even going to field eleven here in this game. It's impossible, which is why I went a bit bit overboard. So if you're sensible, if you're a sensible person with hits and you're not going to go absolutely mental, uh, I think it can. I think it can work for you. And a match day six is is the one. Okay, there we go. So it can work. So slightly different 
different takes there, but basically the same. Lewis saying, if you hear solid news, go for it. But if you don't, roll with the punches. Uh, there you go, Simon. We're going to take a quick break there and we'll be back with the rest of the questions. Right, next question is from Ron Merkurgy. Very sorry, I will probably have mispronounced that again. At FBL underscore Ronnie. What do we do with Haaland? With City qualifying already and Haaland carrying a niggle, does Guardiola now rest him for the UCL games? What do we think? Dan, what do you reckon? He definitely doesn't have a niggle, does he? Um, <laughs> that is <laughs> that is what we call a lie. I do not believe he's injured for a second. I think he's going to play... What is it? He's got Liverpool this weekend. Yeah. Yeah, he'll play Liverpool. He'll be fine. Whether he plays in the... I've not checked I've not checked myself. My recommendation would for everyone listening to this would be to go on Google or whatever app you want to use and go back to last season for match day five and six because I think Man City qualified by this time as well to see if Haaland played in those games. Pep, 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 he follows his own rules, whether we understand them or not. So if, if he dropped Haaland for five and six last year... I think it's understandable that he'll drop him for five and six this year. If he didn't, then he won't. And also, I suppose it's one of these situations where everyone pretty much has Haaland. So just keep him because if he's dropped, he's dropped for everyone, right? Is that right, Lewis? Yeah, I think the issue with Haaland is because obviously his ownership's so high. I think the, I think you can just leave him at the, again. If he if you if you hear solid news, he's not going to start. Then by all means, like you know, go for it and sell him and get someone else in because striker slots are so they're gold, aren't they? This season. So if you hear that Holland isn't going to play, definitely sell him and bring another striker in. But you know, it, it's difficult to go about Holland. I think he's we know what he's capable of, don't we? You know, he can, and he's playing the team that he scored five against last season as well. So he loves playing German teams. You know, he's used to used to playing him. He's familiar. He's probably going to want to play Leipzig. Um, I'm not too, too sure what the relationship is like between Pep and Haaland, but I imagine Haaland's probably one of the only players that can say to Pep, look, I want to play this, and he'll play it. But we don't know. It's all gas work, isn't it? Um, but yeah, okay. I, I, I do fancy, I do fancy um, Haaland to actually play. In terms of last year, I've just had a look. He played match day five against Dortmund. Uh, it was away, had a bit of a nightmare, and then because drew nil nil. And then a match day six, he was dropped for uh, for Alvarez to play up front. But Alvarez has been playing in the ten, hasn't he? So he might not feel the need to do that. Obviously, he had to rotate with more players last year with Mares being there as well. Um, but I think it's a chance for some of maybe the other sort of central midfielders to come in and play and that can push Bernardo Silva further forward and then you've still got other attacking midfielders. I think if you've got him, you don't sell him. I just think if you don't have him, you, you maybe don't have to be in a panic to bring him in so much. Thank you very much, Ron, for your question. Next question is from Tropical FBL. What teams to go for on a wild card? That's what teams, not players. Ideally, great last two fixtures and in a, in a tight group. Well, first of all, Tropical FBL, yes, ideally, Two great last fixtures and in a tight group, so you know that they're going to play. Is there any teams standing out, Lewis, that you think the next two games we should be backing them? I really like Arsenal. 
um, for for this week and next week. Obviously, they play at home. They're really they're, they're so much better at home, and then they go away to PSV. I I, I just feel that Arteta maybe isn't likely to rotate. Obviously, he's going to want to win that group as well. So I I do think that I do think that Arsenal are a team. I also think Bayern because Tuchel has had a bit of um. How, to, how do I say that? He has, he's had a little bit of criticism. Um, I'm not too sure if it's the way they're playing or what, but I, I, I just feel that he is going to want to, he's also going to want to play his best team in match day five and six. I just, I just, I feel like Bayern again are, are a good, good team to target. I also like Feyenoord actually, because that group is so tight, isn't it? You know, Feyenoord, Atletico, Lazio, they're all pretty much at it. Lazio play at home to Celtic. And then I think they, they then go away to play Atletico Madrid, who can concede goals. So there are there are some nice teams there to target. I, I just think that, you know, Arsenal, Bayern, and um, yeah, those two mainly. There's not many. The, issues, the, the issue with the next two in a row, the, the fixtures are quite tricky. The fixtures have been quite tricky throughout the whole of the group stages, I think. Apart from obviously the kind of match day three and four mirror fixtures, they are they are difficult to navigate. So it's hard to kind of be like, right, okay, I'm going to bring these teams in and hope because a lot can change between match day five and six as well. So, okay, uh, Dan, anything to add to that, or you agree? Agree, Dortmund as well. Um, away to Milan, but Dortmund have been the best team in our group by an absolute mile, in my opinion. I know that they struggled away at Paris Saint Germain. But they did a job against us uh, without arguably their best player in Julian Brandt. Um, and then at home, they were they were really good going forward. Milan have been a little bit of a mess recently. Um, and then lastly, they've got a home game against PSG. And we saw how PSG react to lively crowds. So I think I think Dortmund will qualify top of our group. They're already top of the group. But it's still it's still very very close. It's like they lose one of them games, it swings the other way. But I do think they'll finish top, and I think playing Milan and then at home, crucially to Paris, uh, I think I think I think specifically Julian Brandt. I know that you're asking for teams. You can go for anyone else from Dortmund, but I I, I think Julian Brandt's a good pick. There you go. So there's an answer plus a little bonus thing of a player to pick. Um, FPL crisis says. It's kind of similar vibe to this question, but we'll we'll still still go for it. Do you expect the usual suspects like Bayern and Real, etc., to put out strong teams for match day five? I have both Jude and Vinny, Jude Bellingham and Vinicius Junior, in my squad. Who are the best attackers to target for the next two match days? Maybe a couple of suggestions on both premium and mid price for each midfielder and forward. So basically, he's saying what two midfielders and what two forwards should he go for? I mean, you said uh, Lewis, you said Arsenal. Who would you have from Arsenal? Who would you have from Bayern? I mean, Kane and Sane, right? Although Sane hasn't been great, but Kane, surely. Saka, who else? Yeah, I think as kind of mentioned earlier, I think Feyenoord are a a good team to back. Um, We have to remember that they are going to be wanting to win both of these next games to, you know, to try and qualify. It's interesting because Feyenoord have Atletico um, this week, don't they? But they play at home. And interestingly, I think they've won both of their matches at home. I could be wrong, but they are stronger at home, Feyenoord. And then they also play Celtic in match day six. So I think if you're looking at Feyenoord, then the, obviously the likes of Jimenez and Stangs, I think they're good picks. You know, they, they 
probably guaranteed to play as well. You know, you, you're going into match day five and six wanting players to actually play and have motivation to do well. And I think Feyenoord are, are a good place to do that. You know, you could look at Mbappe as well from PSG. There's a, there's a few teams in there that need to win um, these games. And I think you could, you could even potentially look to Galatasaray. You know, they play Man United who aren't great and they've actually conceded more goals than anyone else in the group. And then they go away to Copenhagen, which I think is a great, I think they've got two great fixtures there, Galatasaray. And they've also got some great assets in there as well. You know, the likes of Karam, I'm not going to try and say his surname. Uh, you've got Wilfred Zaha as well, who's who's scoring lately. You've also got obviously the striker. I forgot his name. What's his name, Dan? Icardi. That's it. Yeah. I don't know why his name um, left my brain then, but yeah, Ikari. I, I do think Galatasaray, again, going back to the previous question as well, are, could potentially be a nice team to target for the next two. Lovely. There's a nice little, uh, nice little thing there. Galatasaray is uh, worth having a look at. Okay, next question is from Chris, at Chris M. Galloway. I have Limitless and Wildcard both left, but a few issues in my team now. If I wildcard this week, is it best to then go Limitless for match day six? Or try and build a wildcard squad for the last two match days and then use Limitless in quarters. I know straight away what I think, which is use a wildcard to build a team in five and six and then use the Limitless in the quarters. But does anyone disagree with that? Um, I wouldn't use Limitless in the quarters. I'd use it... In the knockouts, sorry. That's what I thought, yeah. Yeah, knockouts is fine. I'd use... Limitless is for round of 16 leg two, as I mentioned earlier, and wildcard is for quarter final leg one. That's that's that, that that's your that's your choice, and then use the other one in the group. And I'd say if your team's a bit of a mess, I'd probably I agree with you. Ed, go with go the wild card for two games, and then go for go with your limitless for the round of sixteen second leg in target target home games that were tight in the first leg. Mm. And you, I mean, and with a wild card for five and six, you could target as we've said, get a couple of Arsenal players, get a couple of Galatasaray players, final players. Buying players, you know, there's 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 routes to, to a good wildcard team. Do you, do you agree, Lewis? Yeah, I think it's it, it it would be a nice nice move. That you know, there's clearly teams there to invest in for the next two, and you could definitely build a, a decent wildcard. I mean, I'm not totally against having two free hits as well for the last two match days because we know you know a lot can happen in between. Um, positions can change, standings in the tables can change, and which which means more rotation and more fires and then that's without injuries which has been pretty mental the past few weeks so you know that, that both i think both um both options could be could be really good but i do like the wild card as well for the next two just as cool. uh just for, just for devil's advocate again i sort of briefly mentioned it earlier but it's just in case you weren't properly listening earlier um in terms of trying to advocate for the other way around Using a limitless this week, just taking a couple of hits for six if you need to, might just get you a better a better score overall, maybe. I think it's sort of flip a coin level stuff. But using a wild card in the quarterfinal leg one allows you to do two things. First of all, it allows you to just punt on the best fixtures for the round of 16. You don't have to be concerned if you think a team's going to make it all the way at the final or not like the rest of us or at least get particularly far, it's just if you have one pretty good team against one of the weaker sort of pot two teams, if you like, the the teams that finished second coming through, you can target them. So last year, anyone that did that was able to 
really going hard on the team that was playing um, Bruges without having to worry about how far they'd get. And on the flip side of that, for the quarterfinal draw, they draw the semis and they draw the final. So it means two things again. A, you can target the weaker end of the group. You can avoid whatever side Man City's on for your non-Man City players, for example. But it also means that you can pick a goalkeeper from each bracket, which means you don't have to worry about a goalkeeper unless your team gets knocked out. So there are benefits of wildcard in, in the quarterfinals like one if you haven't already used it. So yeah, your choice. Lovely, lovely bit of intel there. There you go. Thank you, Chris, for your question. Next question is from Wasif Anam at Cluster of Hope 5. And he says, use two free transfers to bring Haaland and Bellingham back. Is additional hit okay? Sell Kubo and Gordon? So he's, he's asking for very specific things there. So basically, if he hasn't got Haaland, we've talked about, you know, whether it's a lie, he's got a niggle or not. Should you, and Bellingham, of course, should we be desperate to bring them back if you got rid of them? I don't think we should be desperate to bring them back. I think if you want to bring them back, that's fine. Um, that, that, it's that's the that's the risk you take. Like if Harlem plays, you know you could you know you could score five against Leipzig at home, um, and that's that's the risk you take. I think between the two of them, Harlem would be the one that I'd take the risk on more. Just I'm far less sure about Jude Bellingham's shoulder health. In terms of Kubo and um, Gordon, Kubo's got a really good fixture in five. So I wouldn't be desperate to get rid of him at mm. all. Uh, unless you've got a really specific plan and you want to sort of spread the cost of the hit over a striker that you want to use for the next two weeks because Kubo away to Inter in the final game isn't good. That's not good. So if you want to get rid of him for a, a striker that you're going to have two great fixtures for, maybe. Anthony Gordon, I'd definitely get rid of. Uh, we are absolutely struggling in terms of injuries. And I don't mean as in like, oh, we've got like four or five injuries. We've got 12 first-team injuries and suspensions. 12. Like, out of the team that we could put out is arguably up the, is as strong as our first team. Half them are our first team. And all of our players look shattered. I've got absolutely pumped off Bournemouth. And we're going to wait to PSG in the next game. And as much as he's great value, I... I can't really see us doing too much away to PSG. We don't have the home crowd and our team is just absolutely depleted at the minute. So I would have no issues with someone taking Anthony Gordon out for a minus four to bring in an absolutely stellar midfielder. Like, obviously it depends on you. I don't think you're going to be able to go from Gordon to Saka or anything, but I still think it's another good week for Diaz um, in, in those, those sorts of players. It's another good week for Stengs for two weeks. That sort of thing. Cool. Anything to add, Lewis? Uh, not really. For me, I think Haaland is. It's just Haaland, isn't he? I think he's he he's probably. I, I would minus four Haaland in um, because I still think that he is the best captain going into any week, even against Leipzig. I think he's. Um, yeah, he, for me, if you and especially for a captain, if you if you're looking to take a hit for a captain. For me, that's a lot. I can I, I can get with that a lot more than taking a hit for you know just an asset that you're not going to captain. So, I think Haaland for me is a transfer in if I don't have him. Um, Jude Bellingham, he is injured, but I I think he so he he trained, um, but no one was allowed to touch him. 
so <laughs> I'm not too sure. Yeah, no one can have... get no one no one can get near him anyway, so it's fine. Well, yeah, yeah. Apparently, the players are under strict rules not to touch him in any way. But he he participated in group training. Whether or not he's going to be rushed into a Napoli game that they don't really need to win um, is, is you know is questionable. But yeah, mostly what Dan's saying. But yeah, for me, Haaland is a transfer even for a hit. I think. Brilliant. Okay. Well, thank you very much for your questions, everyone. Uh, we put that post out every uh, week going into uh, into the, into uh, the, the the weekend before we release our more extensive podcast. It'll be coming out on Monday, where we'll talk about our team reveals, basically, and what we're going to be doing. So, uh, lastly, just before we go on this episode, we are. I'm just going to call out Philbert the Fox, who is top of our mini league with 352 points. He got 101 points last week, and he is seventh in the world. So not bad at all. Baller, um, on. He is, yeah, no, he is closely followed by uh, Logaritma, who's Erwan Gunawan, and he's two points behind, and he is eleventh uh, in the world. So you know, it's a pretty elite mini league we've got going. Um, so yeah. Uh, well done to you guys, and keep battling out for that PS5. Thank you very much for listening, everyone. We'll be back on probably Monday morning or Sunday night. The next podcast will go out with uh, our team reveals and some some more refined thoughts on transfers and things like that. Thank you very much. See you, see you later. Say goodbye, everyone. Goodbye, everyone. Podcast Network.